not to me. It's still the intro. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> Hello. Hi. And welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It is a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week... Two friends... Who also happen to be hairstylists. Break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden. And I am your hostess, Erica the Red. And today we're going to talk about being stuck in your career. So have you guys ever felt stuck in your career? Have you ever been in a place where you're ready to get to the next step, but maybe you don't know what that step is? Today we have a guest who has gone on a professional journey as a hairstylist traveling around the country, rebuilding over and over again. And has combined all of her years of experience to provide professional coaching to stylists who are ready to expand to their full potential. And joining us in the break room today is Crystal Melton. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming all the way. Did you know that she had clients this morning and then came here to do this little thing and then she's going back to tech clients tonight? No, but when we were talking before, she said something about being done at 830 and I was like, well, we we going to be done before that. (laughs) (laughs) Real important to do tonight. I I really hope that it's not this. We're done. Y'all, I just said I had a doctor's appointment. (laughs) Uh, well, as you guys know, or if you don't know, we start every week off with our peak in our pit, high point, low point of the week. Guest of honor, would you like to go first? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Of course. Uh, I would say my peak is, I got to see my family last week, nice. and but I'm really glad to be back in Nashville because it's the best place on earth. <laughs> I love that you yeah. think that. I really do. Okay, when you come from, like, Midwest, you know, when there is literally nothing to do, there's something to do every night here. You are correct. You are correct. Right. Um, Pitt would be... My daughter moved back in from college, and we're going to have to just, like, figure out the vibe again. (laughs) Oh, because, like, it almost probably feels like she's an adult now. Right, and so well, it's like to her. to her, and so yeah, it's kind of like okay, how do we do the whole like mom daughter, but you're technically an adult now. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird. She uh, got really upset that we ate her cheese uh, from the refrigerator. Oh, that was oh. labeled. You said payback. Right. Yeah. Payback. <laughs> well, sorry, girlfriend. Sorry, in my girl. house. <laughs> See that roof? I paid for it. I didn't write my name on it though. Because I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> if you're her daughter and you're listening to this, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she'll be great. Mommy loves you. Right? <laughs> I do remember that. I moved back in with my parents after beauty school. And, like, they didn't give me a curfew or anything. But my mom was like, if you're not going to come home, will you, like, please tell me? Because you're still my daughter. And I'm not going to sleep until yeah. I hear you come in. Yeah. You know? So, at least if I know that you're somewhere, I can go to bed and not worry about you. Like, it. You don't have to check in, but please check in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Weird. I'm never having kids. It's so scary to think about. It, yeah. Anyway, well, what is my peak? What's your peak? Oh, my gosh. Your peak is that you did an awesome class. I did. I had a great <laughs> class. It went really well. All three people were very attentive, hey. and they asked a lot of questions, which normally on Zoom classes, especially when it's like, it was the Tinta Update class that we oh, met in. Oh, yes. So typically those classes are like people that have been using the product. Okay. So they're all bored. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we know all of this stuff. Yeah. Tell us what's new. 
But it wasn't like that this time, so that was really good. That's that was really cool. nice. And then pit is that I had to take all of this crap out and then <laughs> put, it <back. laughs> put it back in. I love it. That's funny. There we go. It on the fly really peak good, and pit. Though. Yeah, it did. It, it ended. It really turned good. out really nice, even though it's not how we confirmed a setup. I know. To get, I saw that. I had her FaceTime me, and I was like, okay, so tell me if you can see this swatch if I put the camera here. Yeah. It's so good to have a good friend it, that'll do that for you. I was like, hey, what are you doing? Do you have anything to do right now? Can can you can yeah, I, I like, zoom do you? you? Have time for this right now? I was like, yeah, man. Can totally. you see my swatch book? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, I mean, I have a cup on my back, but that's about it. God, that was rough, man. So yeah, that's your peak in your pit yep, on, the fly. on the fly. Um, mine is pretty on the fly too. I would say that my peak is that for the first time I can genuinely actually say I'm feeling better, like for real better. I think all my ribs are back in place. I had seven ribs out in the last three days. I was going to say, have you told them? Atrocious. Okay. What's going on? (laughs) Obviously, I think I talked about the pain in my chest last episode. Um, And I thought it was just like, I don't know, acid reflux or something stuck in there. I wasn't really sure, but I don't love the doctor. And even though I do finally have health insurance, I was like not wanting to go and have them charge me a thousand dollars to tell me nothing. Right. So I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then Saturday I ordered food Friday night cause I got home late and I tried to take a bite of it and it felt like someone had funneled lava down my throat. And like once it hit this like kind of inner part of my chest here, it would like shoot pain into my back and, like, it was really, really bad. So I was, like, crying, panicking, hurting. And it was, like, this visual or, like, cycle of, like, each one fed into each other. And it was awful. So finally, Sunday morning, I woke up and I was, like, all right, I'm going to the urgent care. So I went to urgent care. They did an EKG. They did a chest, chest X-ray. Like, I was, like, can you put a camera in there? Like, I am willing to literally – you can stick whatever you want anywhere as long as you tell me what is going on with me. And they were like, well, we're, I want you to take this medicine. So they gave me, like, basically extra strength, Prilosec, like, prescription strength. And he's like, well, it can take up to a month for this to work for you to see results. So if you're still having pain in a month, then we'll come back and we'll do a scope. And I'm like, okay, well, I've lost 10 pounds in the last two weeks because I can't eat. So, like, I'm going to die before that happens. We were legitimately at work. We were like, Erica, you could be having a heart attack. And she was like, not for days. And then we looked it up and it was like, actually, women can have heart attacks that last, like, months. That days long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I will say I felt better, like, having had an EKG and a chest X-ray to know that, like, it wasn't my heart. My heart was, in fact, Mm. healthy. And there wasn't actually a rib sticking through my heart. It just felt like it. Um, but I did. Then I went to like I went to the chiropractor, and I had three two uh, three ribs out on this side. And then he popped those back in, and it felt better. But by the end of the night, this side had popped out in the front. So like the next day, I went back, and that has kind of that part has like cleared up. My ribs are where they're supposed to be finally. But. Um, Basically, now after talking to that doctor and then talking to my naturopath in Oregon this morning, he said I have some sort of esophageal spasm that, yes, in fact, can sometimes be caused by stress. So there's probably, I 
spasmed up some stomach acid into my mm-hmm. esophagus and there's an ulcer there. So I'm like literally surviving off of Manuka honey and valerian root tea right now. And I can't still really eat anything. I did eat a nibble of a cookie yesterday and just like just sucked it up and ate through the pain because <laughs> it was worth it. Um, Can you eat like ice cream? So or and then last dairy? night I didn't leave the salon until like eleven thirty. Oh. Um. So I have no food in my house because I've just been going, going, and so I went by Whataburger and got a like milkshake. Mm-hmm. And I don't do super well with like full blown dairy, so I wasn't. I didn't eat all of it, but God, did it feel so good like going down. So too cold sucks, too hot sucks, but right there in the middle is fine. And I do feel like it's getting better. Like there is less pain as it goes through. So I will take my. <laughs> My prescription Prilosec for the next month, like both doctors told me to do, and we'll go from there. Um, but the naturopath gave me obviously some other stuff to take. That's because the one that they prescribed me for the anxiety was like may cause trouble swallowing, chest pain. Literally, Michelle Googled it and it like shuts down, slows down your brain activity. Like no. you can keep that. I'm good. So he prescribed me like magnesium. And then a methylated B12, because apparently I've got the MTHFR thing that the motherfucker gene that I was talking about. <laughs> apparently that is a thing that I do, in fact, have, which makes sense. So I have to take a special B12 and a special MTHFR supplement. But other than that, I think I will be okay. I think I'm on the mend. Thank God. So yes. That's my peak. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say, is that your peak? And then your pit is well, how my, it happens. My pit is that with all of this stress, obviously, like, you know that at work, we our boss is going through some stuff. So, like, I'm not mentioning any of my own shit to her right now. Somebody was like, does Michelle know that you're dying? I was like, no, and I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> but all of the stress of the last couple of weeks, like, last night, I was so tired. I did not want to clean the salon but I had to, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. And this time I didn't move everything out. I just moved the stuff onto people's perspective things because I couldn't handle the moving of the pushing and the pulling. There is still a lot of inflammation going on in my best chest and back. So I was trying to do minimal pushing and pulling. Well, in that, I bumped Michelle's table when I was vacuuming and I knocked her mirror off and it went... And it luckily shattered in the frame and not all over the floor, but it's broken, broken. And that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So I literally sat in the salon by myself, music blaring, bawling my eyes out for about 20 minutes. And then finally I texted Hunter and I was like, I fucking hate myself right now. And he was like, just scream. You'll be fine. Uh, Yeah. I I was like, have a good scream. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't scream, but I did eventually start cleaning again and I got it done. But that was my pit. Like I was just like a broken Mirror, are you kidding me? Like, my life can't get any worse right now. (laughs) But it's fine, everything's good, and I do feel better. My health is getting better. I I really, overall, like we were just talking before we started, like, I really think it was my body being like, Bitch, this is enough. Yeah, stop eating like shit. You got to start sleeping, you got to start taking care of yourself. I mean, I used to be like a freaking health freak, and I've been a lazy junk food person who 
I don't drink that much anymore, but I was drinking mm-hmm. more than I should be. You know what I mean? Just not healthy. So um, my skin looks really good today because I've been drinking lots of water and Manuka honey. So, you know, <laughs> that's a peak that's too. That's a peak. Right? Right. All right. I'm done talking. Let's move on. <laughs> so we talked a little bit before we started recording and you mentioned something about a project called Rafa House. Mm-hmm. And I want to start there. So yeah. I, the first question is who is Crystal? But I want to start with that specific thing. Definitely. So um, Rafa House is a international safe house organization that has multiple locations across the world. It's one of the like longest running safe house. And so in like the Southeast Asia, uh, Caribbean area. Um, and what they do is rescue rehabilitation, um, for sex trafficked children. And so I've gotten a chance to work with them for about 15 years. And my project is now given back to the people, but it's still just an organization that I believe heavily in. And I, there's a lot of great organizations out there to give to. Mm-hmm. This organization is the real deal mm-hmm. because they really believe in making sure that the national of that country is the is who is truly helped and empowered, not enabled. Because there's okay. a lot of times where Americans can kind of go in with guns a-blazing and they think that they're actually doing a really great job. And they're really more enabling and mm. not empowering. Mm-hmm. And Rafa really looks at the culture and the people and how they can truly help and give it back to the people. And so there's not very many Americans on the ground. It's mostly like Americans will go in and kind of help establish, but really then train and empower the local to do the work. And that's what I, I love, love about them. I do too. Yeah. Right. That's what I love about them. And so is that a donation or like a place that people can donate mm-hmm. to and things like that? Yeah, it's definitely a place you can donate to. You can also buy. They have like a, because they also do the rehabilitation efforts. There's numerous, but one of them, they do make like bags and purses and things. And so you can go on like rafahouse.org and like they have a shop. Okay. Um, and so you can like buy bags and purses and scarves and things like oh, that. Oh, I love that. Which is really that. cool. So yeah. it's kind of like you get a little something, you give a little something. Um, and yeah, they take very little, you know, in mm-hmm. like organizational costs, which I also agree wholeheartedly with, you mm-hmm. know, where they're not just like pocketing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've been around for about 20 years now. Okay, and so what was your part and your involvement in that? Yeah, so at the beginning of Rafa House, they were just looking into, like, what's the best rehabilitation so that a girl can have a skill, right? Well, hairdressing, what an amazing, literally global skill. Like, you could be Mm -hmm. a hairdresser and go anywhere in the world and get a job. Mm -hmm. And so for girls that maybe live in the jungle, maybe they don't live a pair of scissors literally could change a girl's life mm-hmm. where they could go back to their local, you know, uh, town and be able to cut hair for their whole community. And so that was amazing. So I was part, um, the program director for the freedom stylist program at the time. And so what we would do is we would kind of go and do trainings and just encouragement, um, Some of the girls, they couldn't go back home, and so they wanted to work in more, like, touristy areas. And so, of course, like, 
you'd have to be licensed. You'd have to be, yeah. Well, and just you have to, so like learning how to cut layers and learning how to cut um, different techniques was really good for the girls um, that were maybe not able to return home because of various, you know, things. That's really cool because I think it's like, I mean, I got involved with a organization when I was, God, 10, 12 years ago that was just in like a little town that I worked Mm -hmm. in that was started by some kid who was like, went to Mexico and saw like, wow, this is a real, a real thing that's not necessarily in the dark corners like you think of it as it's right here on the streets. These women are selling their children because it's the only way that they can survive or whatever it may be. And then he brought that back to little Eugene and we did a little fashion show and we worked with like Mm -hmm. Rebecca Bender, which she's huge now here in the States. And like her story is really amazing. But what really got me was like, you hear a lot about like rescue efforts for kids and human trafficking and stuff, but it's like, okay, once they're rescued, then what? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times this is the only skill they have to survive Yeah, is Uh, it's awful, but Mm -hmm. selling their bodies or Mm -hmm. selling their children. God, it sounds so awful to say out loud, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And so like you were saying, I mean, even just a pair of scissors and teaching them how to cut hair can completely change their life because it gives them a reason to not have to go back into it Mm -hmm. because it happens a lot where they get rescued and they end up back in that world because it's all they have. So I think it's really like we don't think about a lot in America because it's kind of an ugly problem, but I think we are hearing about it more. And so I think it's really important to think about that. It's not just necessarily the rescue effort to get that person out of there, but then what, what happens? They need therapy to get through what they've been through to even be able to be at a point to where they can learn another thing. Like there's so much involved after that. The rescue effort is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And Rafa house really does do an amazing holistic job from beginning Mm -hmm. to end and not just with the girl, because sometimes it is, you know, a coercion Mm -hmm. or it's, um, a family just hasn't had the money. Yeah. So they'll even, sometimes if the family is not a, a risk, they'll even help provide the family God, with different, maybe it's mushroom farming, maybe it's permaculture design where you're like taking like chickens and, and uh, using the manure, you know, for, mm. for gardening, mm-hmm. you know, to for them to build their own food. I mean, so there's actual efforts that Rafa does, even for the families so that the girl can then return back to her family because it's not like they want, they might have been coerced into mm-hmm. it. They might have said, hey, the whole I've, family the whole, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so wow. that's one of the reasons why I love Rafa House so much is because they don't just think about the rescue. Mm-hmm. They really try to think 10 steps ahead, 20 steps ahead of what does this look like yeah. in 10 years for this girl? Mm-hmm. What does it look like 20 years for this girl? And because it's given back to the local... You know, there's tons of social services that are offered. You know, we like follow, you know, a girl all the way through so that maybe you're checking on her once a year, once every five years. And then they offer also a preventative program. And so um, that's called, ooh, hold on. It's there. If you go on rafa.org, you'll find it. But they do a preventative program, which... I mean, goodness sakes, if we could prevent it from happening in the first place, then isn't that even better? And so it's then providing social services, um, you know, farming, all sorts of different things, rice, oil, you know, um, education for these kids in the early stages of their life and their family so that they never get to 
that point. They don't have to even. They go don't. There. Yeah, they, they have, have the to skill to That's build really a life. That's really cool. I don't yeah. know if I've heard of a. Pro- I mean. Not that I know everything, but I don't know if I've right. heard of one with prevention right. like that. Yes. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, the, the kind of the last thing I want to touch on with them is something that is just new and recent is now um, Rafa has been doing so much good work globally, but they really have kind of held off on doing work domestically. And that is something that they are going to start in the future where here in the United States where human trafficking has increased Mm -hmm. exponentially that they are starting to think about expanding, expanding over here. here. Um, Because there's some really great organizations here. Um, Even here in Tennessee in slavery, Tennessee is a great organization. Um, If anybody's interested in like a local, you know, a local uh, charity to be a part of um, with ending trafficking, um, and so there's many ways to be involved, involved yeah, with that. With that. I love mm-hmm. it. And I especially as a hairdresser. I mean, yeah. goodness yeah. sakes. <laughs> there's so well, I've ways. seen a lot on like TikTok and Instagram that there are certain haircuts to ask for mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like in uh, salons, will put it in their women's bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Like if you were brought here by someone you don't want to be here with, yeah. mm-hmm. ask for this haircut and we'll figure it out for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's tons of stuff. I mean, I'm noticing more and more in, like, bathrooms. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're, like, on the highway or something. Yeah. And rest stops. There's so many options and ways in which, you know, we can prevent this from Mm -hmm. ever, you know, from people getting hurt. Oh. So. Well, not to start on too heavy of a topic. (laughs) Hey, it's real. But it is. It is. you're talking about it because it is something that has like tugged at my heart and it's been something mm-hmm. that like I've always tried to work with salons that have stuff like that mm-hmm. like working in Seattle was linked up with a salon that worked with a organization up there that mm-hmm. was super cool and it's just like we as hairstylists like a lot of times can be with domestic violence with sex mm-hmm. trafficking like we are actually an option because we can recognize that mm-hmm. stuff in mm-hmm. people yeah. and there is a chance that they may sit at the front or leave them in that building long enough that we could do something or mm-hmm. slip a phone number or just keep an eye out or whatever it may be. So I think it's really cool. And I hope that more and more hairdressers like mm-hmm. start bringing it into their awareness mm-hmm. and what they to the forefront. Yeah, like exactly. Look for things. Look for things. Yeah. Yeah. I know in slavery, Tennessee does a lot of um, trainings mm-hmm. of like what to look for. Well, and then we have the requirement for our license. Yes, our new license. Mm-hmm. That was brand new. I'm, su- I'm super I was, stoked about it. I, it's a great first step. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, ha- I was just really happy that we had even a step. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 for sure. And is it just in Tennessee or is that. I don't know. Is that national now? I don't hold license anymore in my other states. Um, I let, I let them all go. <laughs> but It gets uh, expensive. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're like, okay, I think I'm actually settled down for once in my life. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I only know Tennessee. So. Oh, well, yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> well, same. and I have about three more months to renew my Oregon license or they going to take it from yeah. me. So I'll tell you soon. Yeah. Thanks or or she won't. Or I won't, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... I'm glad that we started there, though, because I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, if people are listening in the beginning, that's a yeah. 
good part mm-hmm. to capture for people. So now I want to kind of get into like the coaching aspect of it. So how did you get started in coaching in Gen- like in general in and general? like what is coaching right I think that's a good first it's a question good <laughs> so uh I'll just do a baby bit like about you know like how I got even into like make asking those questions of like what like what does it take to be a good hairdresser a long-term hairdresser you know so I've been a hairdresser for I'm hitting 24 years this year so I'm like super stoked that the 24 years has happened thank you very much I'll pat myself on the back I've lasted (laughs) (laughs) your body lasted yeah my body's my body is there um but I have held license in Missouri Arkansas California Tennessee Okay. And so I have built from scratch four, five times because I was in Missouri twice. Oh, wow. So I went from, yeah, so it was Missouri is where I got my license first, then back to California or to California, to Arkansas, back to Missouri, and then to Tennessee. And so every one of those times I had to build literally from scratch. And so it's kind of like, okay, what does it take to rebuild and how skill alone is not enough you can be the best hairdresser out there but if you don't have people skills you're not gonna get clients and you could be (laughs) the crappiest hairdresser in the world have the best people skills and you're not gonna get clients yeah so there's a good like mix of both of those but then how do you take maybe you've got both of those but you're still stuck you're still stuck at maybe a price point. You're still stuck at a certain group of clients and you're really ready to like push yourself beyond, um, beyond that. And so that's kind of where I got into like the coaching world is, um, I feel like I'm a pretty decently put together person. My husband is a therapist and so he's a counselor. So I've done a lot of like that deep like work. And so I was looking for something that was really going to kind of take me from like that plus one to plus five, right? Mm. Like to like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't really need to do deep pit work anymore. I'm ready to like move level, the, up. level up, yeah. like reach my ultimate potential. We're out of the shadow work, right? I'm out of the shadow work. <laughs> I'm ready for the, for the go to the stars. And that's really where I got into coaching. And so of course, what better place to start with coaching than with my peoples with hairdressers and wanting to take hairdressers from mediocre, even good, but to the best that they can possibly be. And so, um, so that's kind of how I got into coaching, um, was just wanting to see myself reach my greatest potential and then realizing, Oh, I could like help other people, yeah, this can go potential. beyond this me. This can go beyond me. Yep. I like I it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the best like coaching comes from personal experience, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Um cuz if if someone's trying to teach me how to do something that I know they've never been through, I'm going to be like Yeah, absolutely. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you know? Yeah. I feel like a teenager in that aspect. I'm like, you don't even know anything. What do you mean? <laughs> well, we've had a, the conversation on the podcast multiple times how it's like if somebody is not doing something, it's hard to yeah take them seriously. Take, take them seriously mm-hmm. because you don't see 
the the ice under the water, right? right. You only yeah. see the iceberg that is that is the mm-hmm. grandeur. You mm-hmm. don't see everything that they did before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Which I think is part of why we do this podcast because we want to see what's under the surface. Yeah. Right? Not you because know? we have it, but yeah. because we want to see what it takes yeah. to have it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you went through um, like a coaching program, right? Like you are yeah. a professional yes. certified, certified coach. Yes. coach. I am certified. <laughs> yes. So because I went straight from high school into hairdressing, I didn't do any college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of grown up with the thought of like, let's hack the system. Right. And so it's like, I don't really feel like you have to go and Mm -hmm. do, I mean, my husband has a PhD. That was like 15 (laughs) years of his life. And it was like. you were off in Cambodia. I was off in Cambodia. He was doing his, right. No, I'm just kidding. We were doing it together. We were doing it together. Both, both needed to happen for me to do my job and for him to do his thing. And that was, that was a, that was a mutual effort. That was, that was a team effort (laughs) and have kids in the middle of all of that too. So (laughs) yes, but I do believe in like (laughs) hacking the system. And so I actually homeschooled my kids there. I have a graduate who's at Trevecca now, and then I've got a, a senior in high school and I've kind of felt the same way about that. It's like, how can I hack education so that I can get them where I think the best educationally they can be. And so in the state of Tennessee, we've got these great homeschool things that you can do. So like the things that my kids were interested in, like that's what we, that's what we did. And I've been able to like not follow the typical homeschool journey where I'm the one teaching all the time. I'm finding resources, right? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm like finding other people who are educated. Well, I took that same approach in coaching where I didn't want to go back and get a bachelor's degree and then get a master's degree in coaching because you can at Lipscomb, you, there's a coaching master's at Lipscomb. And I was like, dang, that would be awesome. I'm 43 years old. I really don't (laughs) want to go back and get a bachelor's degree right now. So I was like, how can I hack this? So I looked for the most deep coaching program that I could find on the market, something that was really going to challenge me, that was going to push me to be the best coach that I could be. And um, I also wanted something in person. So uh, IPEC, which is the International Professional Excellence in Coaching, has been around since like the mid 80s. And um, they coach, they certify coaches for like Coke, uh, Adobe, um, Fortune 500 clubs. I mean, these people are like the real deal. Yeah. And so it was a nine month program I had to go through and I ended up getting three certifications out of that, uh, going through that coaching program. So, and then I'm also doing, cause I'm a lifelong learner. I'm also doing an Enneagram coaching pro- uh, program right now as well. And I'm also trying to get my international coaching federation certification as well. So Ooh. right. we should have done it. No degree. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to hack this. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Well, I think, like, personal, like, real-life experience really is worth more, in my opinion, than a degree. Of course, I'm not a Fortune 500 company trying to hire someone, but I just feel like you can learn all you learn in school, but then how many times do you see people come out and they're like, 
the well, well um hang on let me look at my book really quick uh, right. you know what i mean whereas yeah. like if you go through you're somebody that's more of a learner like that you're going to be like okay cool i'm i'm interested in this so i'm retaining it i've been through this in mm-hmm. life so i'm going to use it like yeah i like that you don't always have to go back to school and have a degree like you said your do- yeah. your husband is phd and yes that's great and it's awesome and he's clearly using it right. you know what i mean but that was his part of it you did your part of it, and mm-hmm. now you guys come together and you make your dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. I love absolutely. It. I love that. So, yeah. you talked about therapy. Mm hmm. So, I wasn't aware of this, but you brought it up beforehand. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between counseling, coaching, consulting, and consulting, mentoring. and mentoring. Mm-hmm. So, let's kind of dive into like what are the differences between those four things? Because I. I mean, obviously, therapy I knew was way different than coaching, but as far as, like, counsel, like, Mm -hmm. offering advice and things like that, that's even different than being a coach. Yeah. So, yeah, my I do, you know, we're all visual and tactile learners, of course, as hairdressers. So, I, you know, remember, like, those old dials on a a radio? Mm -hmm. They didn't start at zero. They actually Mm -hmm. started, like, at negative five, Mm -hmm. right? And so I always think of counseling kind of is that, like, you're kind of in a pit. Right. You're like at that negative five. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of un un like stuff under the surface, maybe some things that are in your past that are just you're not able to reach yeah. even kind of like base level, right? Just kind of that mid that midline of zero. So counseling and therapy really is kind of that pit up to the surface where maybe there's some things like in your past, maybe some past traumas that really need to be talked about. And mm-hmm. therapy is, a, I mean, that's why they're so educated, right? It's like, that's why they're there. They're there to give tools, give you tools in your toolbox. Um, I think therapy is great. I've been in therapy. My children are in therapy. My husband goes mm-hmm. to therapy. I mean, I think it's great for everybody. It's great, it's too, great yeah. for everybody. Everybody needs to go to counseling. So coaching though is a little different, but I'll get into that. We'll go through uh, consulting and mentoring. So consulting is more, uh, you have, you're giving advice, like maybe like summit salon systems, you know, something like that. They're a consulting firm, right? They're going to come in, they're going to give you the program that they feel like is the best program. They're going to teach you that program. And then you're going to utilize that Mm -hmm. program. That's what consulting is. So it's really someone who has knowledge. They're going to give knowledge to somebody else in order for them to achieve something. And then a mentor is more kind of like apprenticeship. You're just bantering, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just talking, you're shooting the breeze, you're going to give a little wisdom, Mm -hmm. you're going to glean a little something. Where coaching, okay, you're going to do, we're going to be all visual and tactile learners here. I like it. Okay, so raise your hand as high as you can. Okay. Now raise it higher. Okay, but I told you to raise it as high as you can. Why didn't you raise it as high as you can? Okay, so that's coaching, (laughs) right? You already had the potential within yourself, right? You had the potential to go higher. Mm -hmm. You just needed someone to come alongside you and say, reach higher. Yeah. So that's what coaching does is we ask thought-provoking, intuitive listening, engaging questions so that you can dig deep into your into yourself to reach your fullest. I don't know what your full potential is. Mm -hmm. You know that. I just come alongside and help you reach that. And I was telling you beforehand, I love the example of Patrick Mahomes. Because mm-hmm. he's, yeah. did he already have that inside him? 
the the ability to throw like he did, yeah. the ability to to run like he does to to reach the goat status of you know the best quarterback. Yeah, but he needed Andy Reid to get him there. Mm-hmm. He needed that coach. Does the coach do the work for him? No, no. The coach comes alongside and propels them and walks really the journey. Right? It's really a journey, um, and so coaches will also give tools. Um, so that you can start coaching yourself because I can now ask myself questions mm-hmm. and I can start really, I do it out loud <laughs> in the car. <laughs> like if there's something I'm like, dang, I really need coached around this. And I'll just think to myself, okay, I'll just do this for myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've been trained, but, uh, coaches have coaches. I have my, I have a coach as well. Um, and so we, uh, go back and forth with each other like I'll do one Friday and then they'll do the next Friday okay. and we'll just coach each other back and forth which I love is great. that yeah yeah because it's always keeping me spry right I'm never gonna believe that I'm like at my absolute think about a mountain range right you don't know what the mountain range looks like until you're at the top of a mountain and that's not the only mountain there mm-hmm. there are other mountains there's other peaks there's other valleys to walk through and so a coach you don't need a coach for the rest of time, but you could use a coach in this phase of your life, mm-hmm. be good for a while, and then you're like, dang, this just came up. There's another mountain I need to climb. Mm-hmm. Hire a coach. Mm-hmm. They'll gonna, they're going to help you get to the next summit. Is there a point where, like in your case, would you reach out to someone, like would you outgrow your coach that you have now? No, because it's all about me. Okay. Yeah. It's all about me. So the the coach that I have, if they're a good coach, which she is, she'll always be able to pull, pull be, keep giving me those intuitive hits. Um, yeah, and then I would say, are they really actually coaching? Because uh, yeah. it's about the coach and not about you. Yeah. Because okay. there's okay. very few times that I should ever reach in and say, I think, as a coach. Mm. It's not normally something that I will say. It'd be like, do you feel, do yeah. you think? Right. Or I'll say, I have, um, c- is it okay if I make an observation? I'll a- say my observation, and then I'll ask the question, how does that resonate with you? And they can say, that doesn't resonate at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Or they'll say, oh my gosh, that absolutely resonates with me. Then I can find an intuitive hit where it's like, okay, based on all the things we've been talking about, maybe maybe we need to ask a few more questions in this line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they taught us at IPEC, which I think is one of the reasons why I feel like it is one of the best coaching programs out there, is because they utilize a lot of the intuition mm-hmm. that I feel like as hairdressers, we just kind of have, have that. I think that's something that we sometimes think a little oogly-googly about of our intuition. But, <laughs> I mean, you know... That intuition hit, and if you don't pay attention to mm-hmm. it, things can go really wrong in the chair, mm-hmm. right? When you look at that color and you think, mm, I'm getting a feel that that's not exactly what I should do. Mm-hmm. Let me think about this a little bit more. And in conversation, it's the exact same way. Some people might use a visual. Some 
maybe use something that is tactile. Some Maybe it's a feeling that they have in the pit of their stomach. That's one of the reasons why I want to continue to do the Enneagram coaching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is because I feel like the Enneagram really hits it like maybe they're a heart person. Maybe they're a gut person. Maybe they're a head person. So maybe they're going to feel that in their body differently. And as a coach, I should be able to like help find that because you're you're ahead person as a seven so Mm -hmm. you might not feel something as big in your heart you might think it more or you might feel it more in your gut yeah so as a coach yeah knowing that about you i could maybe kind of move my questioning Mm -hmm. to speak more like speak more to your heart language right it goes a little deeper like psychology level yeah yeah Yeah. but also just really paying attention to cues like the mm, you can like really feel it in someone when they when something hits and as a coach for you to say what did you just feel there right what what was just what was happening what thought did you just have because there was something there that you just felt what was that and then you help them understand Mm -hmm. How they feel in the moment. Yeah. Yep. How powerful could that be? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give like just an example in my own life of kind of where this hit for me as a, me being coached. So we call them gales, gremlins, assumptions, interpretations, and limiting beliefs. And normally any barrier that you have normally comes down to one of those. And so getting like in the hairdressing world, right, you moving from kind of hairdressing to coach, I had a limiting belief about my education. Like, who am I? Who am I to think that I could do something beyond hairdressing? I've never, you know, it's like, who am I to think that? And so it was this limiting belief that started to like plague me throughout my coaching journey. And it kept showing, it would be so annoying. I would think I was over it. Mm -hmm. And then we would coach on something else. And it was inevitably that limiting belief. And and we ended up calling it. So the gremlin is kind of your top. It's like the one that like doesn't really ever go away. By the end of my nine months, the end of that kind of coaching portion was actually to give your gremlin a different name and give him a different job. And that's where I came up with the hacking because it was, okay, I've been saying I'm not, I don't have enough education. I don't have, um, I haven't put the time in to be able to do this. And my coach started coaching me around the thought of, yeah, that, that limiting belief has served you in the past, but it's not serving you anymore. Give it a different job. And the image that came to mind was hacking that I hacked the system. Mm-hmm. I've hacked the si- She's like, what have you done in the past that wasn't like everybody else? And I was like, well, I, I feel like I've hacked homeschooling. And she was like, well, how could that, how could you hack your education? And I said, well, I'm doing it right now. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Right? And it was like, and she said, okay, give it a different name. It's not a gremlin anymore. He served your purpose. Uh-huh. Served your purpose for a while. You can say, thank you for serving the purpose that you served for my life. You protected mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. You did your job. And now it's time for you to get a new job. And your no- new job is now hacking. 
And so now that gremlin doesn't hold its sway over me any longer because I can just, I'm smart enough that I hacked it. I didn't have to go back and get a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. I hacked the system instead. (laughs) (laughs) And over here, like, I'm like... I mean, you had Erica, like, backing up and, like, sitting up straight. (laughs) Seriously, it was so powerful. It was such a powerful moment that I couldn't have gotten there by myself. Mm -hmm. Was it already in there? Yeah. Absolutely Mm -hmm. it was in there. Mm -hmm. I just needed someone to help me get there. I really right? like what you said when you said that about like, you know, the counseling, like you felt like you've already kind of done the counseling and how that's kind of under the surface. And then these next steps are like getting you up to the surface and then above it and then seeing your full potential. Because I feel like we have a really great mentor and coach in our, the owner of our salon, but the reason, like, I, not that it didn't help me, but I feel like the reason and I haven't gotten to where I wish that I was yet is because I haven't done that under the surface stuff yet, which mm-hmm. we talked about mm-hmm. before the podcast. Um, but I think that is a really great thing that, like, maybe let's say you are in a coaching program of some sort right now and you do still feel like you are having, like, blocks or, like, you're just not getting there. Would you say maybe it would be advantageous to back up in that process and maybe go do some counseling and figure out why you have some of these, why your little gremlin is not a gremlin. He's a King Kong or a a Godzilla. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I like that. And a good coach should be able to recognize Mm -hmm. that there is a little bit more under the surface Mm -hmm. and refer you. Yeah. Um, And so our organization, Melton Wellness Mm -hmm. is, has both counselors and coaches. Yeah. You're definitely going to be hearing from me. Yeah. And so (laughs) what's great is, is that, you know, one of our counselors was asking me the other day, hey, I think I have a client. Feels like they've done some, like, really good internal work. Is now a good time for them to have a coach? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, absolutely. Let's try it out. Yeah. Let's just mm-hmm. see. And that's not to say you're not going to go back into counseling sometimes. Mm-hmm. There might be some King Kong that's lurking, you yeah. know, <laughs> behind, you know, maybe a Slender Man that's like, right. you know, like real hidden back in there that in has the not in the shadows. Yeah. Maybe you're not ready to yeah. face that. I mean, our body protects itself for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Our, I mean, yeah. we're a whole, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. We're a whole person. We're body, soul, and spirit. So sometimes our body protects itself mm-hmm. and we're not ready to sometimes get to some of those really, really deep things mm-hmm. until we've peeled some of those onion layers back. Yeah. So the way we envision coaching and counseling is really a hand-in-hand method of holistic care. Because, yeah, sometimes someone is really going to need counseling, and sometimes somebody's going to really need coaching, and there really should be no push mm-hmm. and pull between those two. It's just making sure that you as the client and you as the counselor or the coach are really being – are picking up on those intuitive mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it are that's something that can run simultaneously. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yep. I like that. Yeah. I love it. It's like a whole new version of self-help, right? Because it's like, I think in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, counseling was still a little stigmified. Mm-hmm. Where now it's really been brought to light that how helpful and how powerful is this? Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like coaching's the same way. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes coaching got a bad rap one because it's not, it's not licensed. So yeah, I mean, I literally could have taken a week, like a weekend seminar of like 10 hours and called myself a coach. That's why I wanted, I wanted a, I wanted a robust program and I've talked with other friends who've been through different coaching programs and by far, 
I mean, we had almost a hundred hours of peer mm-hmm. coaching in the program. So I was coaching up to five to seven hours a week wow. just with my peers yeah. before I even could call myself certified. Uh, you have a lot of the same things that I have where you've always kind of had a little bit of an imposter syndrome. Yeah. So you always have to find the best resource available. And then that mm-hmm. is the one that you choose because right. otherwise it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Well, and that's our seven going to our five uh, yeah. arrow and Enneagram speak because we want to know. Yeah. We want to know. I need to know. I, need I don't to want know. to know. I yes, need to I know. Need I need to you know. to give me the answer. Right. And I need it to be on paper in black and white. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank yes. you. Yes. You'll know what I'm into by the stack of books beside my bedside table. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an Enneagram thing. We should have done an Enneagram test before, I know. before I was the episode. Say, I really wish I knew what mine was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to do it after after we stop recording. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll do your test. <laughs> Um, so I believe is the last thing resources. Yeah. How do we find resources? How do we find that? Definitely. So there are a lot of great coaches out there. I know for your, you know, uh, podcast here, um, we're obviously, obviously Crystal's the best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not say that, but I am a hairdresser and I know hairdresser things. Yeah. And so it's kind of like I do want to utilize my resources well. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pretend that the things that I've done in my past are, they're important. And I know what it's like to be a hairdresser who wants to raise my prices. Mm -hmm. And yet you still feel that like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose people. Well, that's probably a gremlin in there Mm -hmm. that's saying something and we need to get to the bottom of that of why you're not charging the prices that you think you should be charging or saying to a client it's time for you to move on right yeah like there's some things in there so as a hairdresser coaching hairdressers is definitely something that I love it's not the only thing I do I can coach really anybody um but I love hairdressing. I love, I still am behind the chair two days a week. So it's not like I'm just coaching. I'm still a hairdresser. I'm still Mm -hmm. behind the chair. So, um, so it's meltonwellness.com. We have both counselors and coaches. And so that is here in Nashville. So if you're here in Nashville, you can go get in person, uh, coaching, but I'm also available virtual virtual anywhere. Um, we use HIPAA compliant. Uh, resources and so everything is confidential and um, we have a HIPAA compliant app that you can use so it's like really like it's the real deal it's for real um yeah it's for I real love it. Yeah. I love it <laughs> yeah. so other resources you know there are um I do know of one destroy the hairdresser is a coaching program mm-hmm. for hairdressers um I did look on their website recently not all of their coaches are as qualified Mm -hmm. then I you know like some of them didn't list their qualifications of like what organization they went through so it's kind of like I would encourage anyone who's going to put the time and the effort into something to see where your people went Mm -hmm. um you know because it's I mean you're spending some money right you're spending some money and it's your work you want to know that you're getting the best for real and the for real thing. Yeah. So, well, I think I, I don't know if I knew that there was like 
a certification. A certification because I'm right there every with you. stylist that has an education program calls themselves a coach now. You right. know what I mean? Not everyone. But, you know, like, we've talked about it a lot. Um, <laughs> well, you know, they're, and they're really consultants. They're not well, coaches. They have no. the knowledge, and they're educating They're you. educating you. That's a consultant, yeah. not a coach. Right. Yeah. Well, and the person that we interviewed that we're going to have to re-interview because their whole thing sounds like, whereas, again, that's we thought it was more like one-on-one coaching. It's a little bit more of kind of a think tank, but it's almost like a group coaching, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Peer, coaching. Like peer coaching. Peer coaching. It's yeah. a mastermind group. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is great. I mean, those can be really informative and really, really great. Yes. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Do you um, want to do... Two questions? Two questions? Yeah, let's do it. So we have two questions we ask every guest that comes on. Our first one is, um, can you name or point pinpoint a point in your life or your career, either one, um, that you've had to pick yourself back up after like a fall or a misstep, like one that really steps out as formative? Yes. Um, I was in California, um, and I had been a hairdresser for about three and a half, four years. And I just remember feeling like I was not, I was not a, I wasn't as good as what I thought. Like, I just, Mm. I, I was, I was stuck. Mm -hmm. I was stuck. And this girl turned to me, um, her name was Tony. And she said, you are a professional. You are a professional. You know things that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. Speak your knowledge. And let the chips fall where they may. You know that that person's hair isn't going to look. Then why are, you, why are you holding back your knowledge from these, from these customers, from mm-hmm. these clients? And it was really a turning point in my life where I firmly started to believe I am a professional. I know things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am doing my clients a disservice by not speaking my knowledge, Mm -hmm. by not saying, you have three layers of bleach on that. Mm. If I highlight you one more time, your hair is going to fall out. Yeah. Right? But I was so nervous or scared or maybe I didn't trust myself. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I remember that really being a turning point where I started to think I'm a professional and I have something to give. I have knowledge to give. Mm -hmm. And that was really powerful for me. I love that. Well, I'll give an example of this just that happened last night. I had a client who I've been doing for a long time and she came in about – Two sessions ago, I do, like, a really vibrant red on her, and she's gorgeous. And she came in all in a tizzy, has butt-length long hair, and was like, I want to cut it. Girl, what's going on in your life? Exactly. Yeah. Who exactly. That's exactly Who what I would say. <laughs> right. But, five, like, me at five years in, I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't totally. have had the intuitive mm-hmm. hit to say, Hold up. Yeah. There's something going on here where as an older hairdresser, like, you know Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. what was going on. Yeah. And she said, my boyfriend and I just broke up. I'm just ready for a new start. Well. Come back to me next week. Come back to me next week. Well, 
two times go by, you know, another service goes by, you know, every, you know, eight weeks or whatever she comes in, she wanted, she wanted it again. And I said, okay, you, I know you love your hair. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Well, she had just gotten some bad news Mm -hmm. about her health. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, if in two weeks Mm -hmm. you still want a haircut, I will do it for free. Right. Like if if this is really what you want. Yeah. She came back last night and she was like, I am ready. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about this two times. I am ready for a change. And I was like, girl, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I was ready. Right. And I knew that she had thought about it. I knew that. And it was like, yes, let's do it. Right. But it was like. Me at that early stage, I wouldn't have known how to approach that. I wouldn't have known how to keep those intuitive hits mm-hmm. and realize I'm a professional, not just in hair, but I'm a I'm a professional people person. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we are professional Literally. people. So we need to be able to take those intuitive hits as hairdressers mm-hmm. and be able to listen and to really dissect what a client is actually saying. Well, and I think too, like if after you in the beginning of your career you don't actually sometimes realize how powerful hair can be oh, and how powerful taking the hair away can also be yes so like if you're just like heck yeah let's go you're going to learn quickly <laughs> yes! how oh powerful gosh. hair can be yeah but like after like traumatic events and things like that i will not cut someone's hair Mm -hmm. I will not do it because you're going to regret it Mm -hmm. you're going to regret it and it like a memory of a time that I didn't I just said okay just popped into my mind when someone asked me to cut their hair into a pixie after they had been growing it out for a long time and I get down on my knees that's how long her hair was to make the first chop and I said what's going on she broke down crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her husband died the day of her hair appointment, and she still came in. He died that morning. She nope. did come back the next yeah. week, and I did mm-hmm. cut her hair off because right. she wanted it. But yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. had laid a lady come in one time where she was like. She was young. She was, like, 19. She was five months pregnant, and she was, like, I've got all this hair, and i got this baby on the way, and, like, so cut it into a pixie. And I think my son was, like, two or three years old at this point. So I was, like, "Mm, are you sure you want to do that? Like, let me tell you, a ponytail's going to be your best friend, honey. Yeah. You know, and I just talked to her, and I was, like, listen, if you want to cut some of your hair off because it is thick and it is a lot to handle, like, cool. But I really advise, because I just went through this a couple years ago, that you leave some length, you know, X, Y, Z. We can find something cute in the middle. Um, And she ended up coming back after that baby was born and was, like, I'm so grateful you didn't let me cut all my hair off. Because I told her, I said, listen. We all gain different amounts of weight. We all lose different (laughs) amounts of weight. But I promise you, no matter what, you're going to have trouble getting comfortable in your new this new version of your body whatever it is and to have your hair growing out at the same time and you're trying to deal with that and like not feeling good about that like it's too much it's gonna be too much for you to handle that's too awful you know what i mean i was like just leave your hair if you want to cut it off after that baby's born i will do it for free like you said i will do it for free girl but i was like i promise you that like 
You want to, we want to make your life easier, not harder right here. Mm -hmm. This mid length that's like short enough to still go in a pony when you haven't had time for a shower in four days is really going to (laughs) come in handy and you're going to be grateful you have it versus like, think about trying to grow out a pixie, you know, Uh and what that's like when you don't have time to get in there and you don't want to bring the baby into the salon and this and that. I was like, girl, just don't do it. And she did. She literally came back and brought her baby in and thanked me and was like, thank you so much. (laughs) Like, I really appreciate that because that was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you are hormonal. Yeah. You've never had a kid before. And you're <laughs> doing this because you think this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, you're going to regret it, I promise. <laughs> you know? And as hairdressers, we have so much weight in the mm-hmm. conversation that for us to not realize that, and that's like that question you asked, for me to realize that it is not just cutting or coloring someone's mm-hmm. hair it truly is about having a conversation listening being made of you know doing good consultation even if it's going to add 10 extra minutes mm-hmm. to my day right it is worth it because that client will thank you mm-hmm. and will be your client for friggin' ever yeah. if you take the time to be the expert Mm -hmm. for you to be the expert and for you to say, you know what? I don't know. Let me go check with someone. And for you to have Mm -hmm. enough self-confidence in yourself to say, Hey, this one's a little, this one's a little rocky around the edges. I'm, I want someone to like pitch this idea to, Mm -hmm. um, that was another huge thing is just always being willing to ask for help or questions or, Hey, Mm -hmm. you want to consult with me on this? You know, I feel like that shows so much more strength you know, of character yeah, than trying to wing it. Mm-hmm. Well, you only know what you know, mm-hmm. and it's not embarrassing to ask. Yeah. Because then you know more. Then you mm-hmm. know more. Yeah. I like that. I like the way you put that. Because, yeah, I do think, especially when we're young and there's so much advice out there that's like, fake it till you make it. No, don't fake it till you don't make do it. That. Don't do it. Like, uh, ask for help. <laughs> yes. That podcast that I shared on Instagram, yeah. she said, you're going to fuck around and fake it until you make it all the way until you get into the room with a bunch of people who are professionals. Exactly. Yep. And yep. then what do you do? Right. Yeah. Ask yeah. for help. Ask for help. Seriously. <laughs> well, and I think... You know, there's one thing about, like, fake it till you make it can be a good advice when you're, like, I don't feel like I belong here. Like, fake right. confidence. Fake confidence. Yes. Right. right. Don't right. fake knowledge. Don't, don't fake knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> we don't yeah. want to spread misinformation. No. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. fake your knowledge and don't fake like you know something that you don't know because when you inevitably get called out for not knowing that shit, mm. you're going to look even like really stupid. You're gonna look stupider. You're gonna look stupider, stupider. than you are for not knowing. No, yeah. just kidding. Um, but what better way to make connections with the people that have the knowledge mm-hmm. than to just simply reach out and ask and them? Ask, yeah. Because there are a lot of people out there that try to fake that confidence, try to act like they're there, or just think they're better than they might actually be. And mm-hmm. so they won't make that. They won't humble themselves. They won't be like, okay, hey can you give me some advice on this? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like when you humble yourself and you go to someone who knows more than you do and you get the right information, obviously it helps you, but it also sets a really good example for like people around you that like, this is okay to do. Mm -hmm. And 
it to those higher ups. I mean, there's times we've talked about it as educators. Like there's a time where you got that person in class that it's like, no, they're genuinely asking these questions so that they can understand it. Like you do have people mm-hmm. that are trying to make you look stupid, but when you do have the people that are really engaging and asking questions, it's not annoying. It's like, this is what we do yes. this for is yeah. because yeah. people like that, that want that information mm-hmm. and are willing to ask, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my spiel. Yeah. Love All right. It. Next question. Yeah. Spiel All into right, the next so the one. The next question is, can you tell us about a time that you've been able to surprise yourself with um, your accomplishments or something you've been able to achieve? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there's been many uh, <laughs> times where you're, I'm just like, is this my life? <laughs> like in a good way. Yeah. Um, I had taken my girls in Cambodia. Um, they had like really accomplished a lot mm-hmm. and it was about time for me to release, mm-hmm. like to empower them. Uh Oh, I have a feeling this is going to make me yeah. cry. Well, I don't know if it will, <gasps> but it was just like, it was a, it was a celebration, mm-hmm. right? It was a celebration. And, um, all the years that I had been traveling back and forth, my kids, I started traveling when my daughter was three mm-hmm. and my son was one. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter had really seen her mom go back and forth to Cambodia multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's normally twice a year. I was normally there for two weeks to three weeks at a time. And it was one of the last times I was going and we were kind of doing a celebration. I really wanted her to see mm-hmm. what her mom had been Been up to up to and what sacrifices my kids and my husband had made Mm -hmm. for me to be able to do this work and for my my friends who came alongside me watched my kids helped my husband cook I mean there were so many people that were involved in in just the daily life and so we were taking the girls on a like a vacation which you know a lot of them don't ever get a Mm -hmm. vacation and I just remember we we traveled like literally in the middle of like the nowhereville of jungles, and we pulled over on the side of the road, and there was like this kind of bamboo hut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, is this what I signed? Like I thought I told my person like I wanted something like beautiful mm-hmm. and like amazing, and I was like, okay, we're at like a hut near a stream. Okay, well this wasn't like <laughs> what I was thinking, but okay, and we like made the best of mm-hmm. it. And then they were like, okay, let's go to the waterfall. And I was like, what waterfall? And we start walking down, I mean, the jungle of Cambodia. (laughs) And I am like walking this like path and I'm like holding onto this bamboo stick and I'm like trying to get down these, you know, down. And all of a sudden this like semi-circle waterfall with the with the vines you know that are behind the waterfall and you know and I'm just I'm with these girls that I have poured my life into that I have seen go from something so horrific to complete empowerment and I just was sitting on this rock in the middle of Cambodia with my girls around me and with my daughter and I just thought how did I get here right like what is this life that I have gotten to live I felt so grateful and humbled and honored and just this big right of like it just took me saying yes Mm -hmm. right like I just said yes and then I said yes again and then I said yes again and then I said yes again right and then 
those few yeses turned into, okay, how can we grow this? Like, how can we make this the best that it can be? How can we get more people involved? How can we empower these women? How can we make them, turn them from, you know, victims into champions, right? And I just remember sitting there just thinking, I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. I've gotten a chance to pour into mm-hmm. these women's lives. Um, and now that that portion of my life is over, it's kind of like I get to take little snippets of that in coaching and pass it to the next person and pass it to the next person and pass it to the next person because it's like you never know what your next yes is going to, is going lead, to, to. lead to. Well, and I th- I love that you said you took your daughter so that she could see the sacrifices that you made and what it was about. And I think that that was a powerful moment for her because as children or family of friends, even of people who are out here doing these Mm -hmm. aspirational things like you've been doing. And like, I hope you know that that is aspirational and Mm -hmm. inspiring to people. And they don't realize that every time you said yes, you were saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. You were saying no to being home with your kids and feeding Mm -hmm. them dinner and getting them ready for school in the morning and how that could have affected your relationship with Mm -hmm. your kids in 20 years, but you did that because you cared about the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and you cared about these people. And so like, it's powerful that your daughter was able to go with you and see that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can't imagine the feeling that you had like as... (laughs) In your soul, like whenever you got to see it all come together. Yeah, it was, it was not easy. Mm -hmm. It was not easy. And it wasn't even easy these last five years that um, I've let go because Mm. it's like, it's like letting your hands, like they, they go, Mm -hmm. like they, they go off into the world and, and sometimes it doesn't even look like a pretty bow at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Because there were some, there were some loose ends that didn't get tied in a nice pretty bow. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the nature of the work. Yeah. It's, it's honestly the nature of life, right? It's not all going to be a pretty bow. Um, It's just what you make of it, you know, in the end. But it is interesting sometimes. And I do sometimes feel like, okay, like what's the next, like what's the next thing around the bend Mm -hmm. and even if it's not as magnificent (laughs) as what I have done in the past no less magnificent for you behind the chair Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and whatever you're going like the lives that we are one of the last remaining professions that physically touch people there is power Mm. in the touch there's power in our words there's power in our souls that we are giving to clients they are not just simply a piece of money that comes in and sits in your chair they're humans and we have the power to listen when maybe nobody else is listening we have the power to touch and to heal in ways that we don't even know and if we're not being able to tap into that ourselves or we ourselves have not been healed into our full potential then we we can't touch others mm-hmm. in that way in which to like give light and life to those humans around us. And it's just like, it could be as simple as just asking a, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on in your world? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I just think there's so much power in the hairdresser that 
I think sometimes we miss how powerful it is to be a human, especially after COVID, especially after COVID, for us to physically be able to touch another human. There's there's something there mm-hmm. that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Erica and I have talked about how, like, you said when we were in Chicago and getting all, like, hugs and love mm, and yes. from everyone Ugh. how like it filled you up so much and it's not even something that you ever even like I don't want to be hugged and loved on and all of that all the time but when you get it it's like oh me I do and I don't have it and it's kind of funny because it was like I didn't really think about it until she said that just now and I was it called me back to that because mm-hmm. I was like yeah like just getting hugs did a lot for me like I know it sounds cheesy but I am I'm a snuggler I'm a cuddler mm-hmm. I love it like I'm always want to be touching yeah. my partner or whatever and like um I touch people all day long yeah. I pour my energy into their scalp yeah. massages I make sure that they get a nice pleasant experience but nobody does that for me mm-hmm. like literally mm-hmm. so it was weird because I didn't really think about it until strangers hugging me made me emotional and I was like oh this feels so good you know because it's true like no but I don't no one does that for me yeah you know what I mean I don't have somebody to come and hug me and it was like kind of like being in California as stressful as that situation was being able to hug my mom mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> physically touch her and hug her I just was like glued to her the whole time because I was yeah. just like oh my gosh it's powerful and yeah, it is important if you are a single or not having, you know, mm-hmm. that you are finding ways to take care of yourself. If it's to go get a massage mm-hmm. or if it's to go hug strangers, whatever you need to do. But, like, that physical touch is really important to us as human beings, you mm-hmm. know. And if you're not taking care of yourself as a hairstylist, it I think it can affect your career. I know it can because yeah. I've seen it affect mine where I just don't have the energy and the blah. So it's like I'm like, all right, here's your hair. Like your hair might look good, but you're not getting that emotional release or mm-hmm. like me jujuing happiness into you instead of the sadness that's in there right now because um, – you know, if you don't have it yourself, it can be hard to give. So I just, yeah. I think that's a g- really good point. Yeah. Like energy attracts like energy. Yeah. And so if your energy is not at the level you want it mm-hmm. to be, you're going to attract clients of like energy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you're having clients and you're like, man, I don't really love that. Well, maybe we need to check yourself yeah. a little check back bit in. check back mm-hmm. in and get some coaching because right. we can raise your energy level yeah. right we can release some of that catabolic energy and increase the anabolic energy kata means down ana means up and so it's like in the energy levels you can release some of that catabolic energy and then attract more anabolic energy which like energy attracts like energy which is i think why you and i immediately were like bam yeah. because it was like a similar like energy mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. like yes like let's go this is going to be great and mm-hmm. so and i think you can feel that in the hair world you know yeah you know well i knew that i was going to like you immediately because she walked in 20 minutes early and said oh my god i'm so sorry i'm late <laughs> Hunter was like, my, my, my people. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're actually early, but yes. Yes. Five minutes early means you're 10 minutes late. Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. I'll never That's get me. used to you fucking weird ass people. <laughs> <laughs> and how early was I today? Five minutes. That's yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I was walking down the stairs to the door because I just kind of felt that you would be there. So I was walking to go look to see if you were here. And okay. Ta-da! Ta-da! Doorbell ring, door open. Right. That's how it was so fast. Right. It's because that's I was hysterical. already walking down the stairs. That's awesome. That's yeah. so funny. Well, that's all we have for you guys today yes. with Miss Crystal. Uh, if you want to find her, uh, MeltonWellness.com mm-hmm. is her facility that she's operating out of. Uh, what is your social media? Oh, it's Chris. You don't. I don't. You yeah. don't really do it. Yeah. Which, hey, if you can build a business in four states Without? with no social media, it is possible. It is absolutely possible. I have only been back behind the chair for three years, and yeah. I am like banging, banging. Yeah. yeah. So it's absolutely possible. You just got to go about it. You got to hack it. Yeah, you got to hack it. You got to hack it. I love it. Well, if you want to learn how to hack your life, you can go and get her coaching from MeltonWellness.com. Fill out some forms, all the things. Um, if you want to follow Erica and I on our social media journeys, I am at Herrix Hunter on all the things. Erica the Redhead on all the things. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube, our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the things, as well as our Patreon, which is a $5 donation each month to help us grow the podcast and offer support. Uh, until next time, remember... You always have a seat at our table. Bye. Bye. Bye.